0: Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today we have a guest. Joining me at the Abe Books HQ is Amy Bronney. Now you work just around the corner from our office and you are also the author of a cookbook called The Canning Kitchen which was published by Penguin in 2015. Welcome Amy. Hello. Now. You have an interesting story to tell which I think will resonate with many would-be authors. Can you explain to us how you became a published cookbook author?
1: Well, it all started with an email. So at the time, I was sitting in my dining room on my laptop in my home and I was uh, raising a two-year-old and a five-year-old and was keeping a recipe blog that I would Uh, write uh, two or three times a week about home cooking and one of the things I had been writing about was canning and preserving and I opened my email at the dining room table and I got an email from an editor at Penguin who said that they were interested in putting out um, a canning and preserving book and would I be interested in writing it so it uh, was something that just fell in my lap which was uh, exciting and terrifying at the same time and i think I, I maybe did a lap of the living room i was pretty you know it's kind of a dream when you're a writer to have that kind of thing just fall in your lap um but then it was sort of well can i do this in the amount of time that they wanted it done so that's
0: so how had it you started. ever dreamt of being a cookbook also?
1: Yeah, I think at the time, um, I started my food blog in 2011. And um, in, in 2013, when I got that email, uh, you know, there were, there were a lot of food blogs out there. Um, and I think it was amongst many bloggers sort of a dream, maybe not an expectation, but a dream to start um, having their recipes published. And I had had recipes published on you know commodity groups websites and various food companies websites you know freelance but to have an actual book published by a, a big publisher was uh, was yeah I would say that was a dream come true
0: so your blog it's a uh, familyfeedbag.com to get noticed you 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 must have put considerable effort into it
1: yeah, I mean, I had the flexibility in my time. Um, as I said, I was home with two young children. I was cooking a lot for a family anyhow. And so it was a matter of snapping some photos along the way, taking some notes, and then making the recipe again and testing it. and and putting it online and I mean what is a a cookbook other than a collection of blog posts really it's you know there's a photo and there's instructions and maybe some notes and thoughts about why you made it or or some tips on what to look for when selecting certain kinds of produce and so really that's what I was doing anyhow with blog posts and so it was really kind of a natural fit to just sort of start compiling them into a book.
0: So you make it sound simple, but <laughs> I'm sure once you actually got going on, on putting the book together, what were the challenges you faced?
1: Uh, time. Uh, so it was. I found it really challenging. You know, when you're making a preserving recipe, um, you need to set aside the appropriate amount of time to prepare that quantity of food to cook it. Um, to process it in the canner, and then the photography as well is another whole layer. I did the the photography for my book as well. Um, So it was intimidating in terms of, of time, and also just that... I think when you say yes to an opportunity like this it's really exciting but then it's the reality of well do I really have a book in me can I really do that you know it's a collection of blog posts but it's also you know an introduction and opening chapters about equipment and um you know do I have something that will resonate with people will people recognize my voice in it um it's a creative challenge but also just the, the the sheer juggling of it all
0: so the book uh, the subtitle is 101 Simple Small Batch Recipes. So when you got to something like 95, were you running out of steam?
1: No, I think I could have done more. It's funny because um, it was originally 100 small batch recipes, and then the publisher at some point said, you know, we like the we like the ring of 101. Could you do 101? I said, well, I'm doing 100, so one more. I'm sure I can eke that out. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a really exciting process. I asked for more time. Uh, they initially had asked for me to have it done in, I believe it was four or five months, but it was fall when the ask came in and I thought, there's no way I'm gonna get my hands on all the fresh produce that I need for a canning season, like tomatoes and fresh local cucumbers and you know, uh, strawberries and raspberries and all of these things for, for canning in the, uh, in the off season. So um, I I started buying stuff by the case like never before, which was really an interesting process. I made good relationships with some local farmers. Um,
0: So the process... uh you worked with an editor Mm -hmm. at Penguin. How how did that, there must have been some back and forth, how did that work out for you?
1: Yeah, that was really one of the most enjoyable parts of the process of writing the book. Um, I really believe in collaboration and that the more people look at something and provide feedback, the better it is at the end. And so, Yeah, I would say to anybody who is going through that process, don't be afraid of your editor, they're there to help make your book better. And the thing that I really liked about working um, with the editor that I did, Sean Oakey, uh, in Toronto, is that he, um, you know, he didn't write sections for me. He would say, you know, this part is really interesting, tell me more. Or are you missing a step here? Is there something that needs to be done? No, but you know maybe I should
0: be more clear. A step in the recipe. So yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. He would say, you know, he would read it and make it in his mind. Right. And he would, when he would have a question, he would say, is this correct? Or tell me more about this? Or should I? Um, you know, he would ask, am I um, stirring? Or am I? You know, doing this this other activity? Whizzing to or or yeah. What <laughs> what is it that I'm doing here? So, but at the same time, you know, he really. Um, allowed the book to be in my voice my voice wasn't lost in that process and so I found it just really enjoyable after hammering the whole thing out and sending it off to Penguin to kind of be able to go through it with someone who's an expert in making books great and and really just sort of fine-tooth comb it and it came out you know better than it went in
0: so the photography in the book is really really beautiful did you do it in your home?
1: I did I did it in my home uh, with natural window light. Um, There were a few uh, instances of artificial light where I needed to cast light through a jar. Um, It really is, if you're gonna write a cookbook, a canning book is a great way to do it because you can make the thing and photograph it weeks or months later. Uh, Whereas if you were cooking something fresh, I mean, you're photographing in the minute. So you're switching from sort of your writer's hat and your cook hat to photography and uh you know and then that limits the times of day you can work if you're working through the winter you you know if you're needing natural daylight to shoot um it kind of limits your your times that you can work um i really i I loved the photography that was equally as enjoyable as actually writing the book
0: Mm -hmm. one thing i find odd Canning is about putting things in jars, yeah. but it's called canning. Why Why is that?
1: Well, historically, uh, foods were first preserved, well, in a variety of ways, and one of the ways uh, was in cans, um, and it dates back uh, canning to, um, I believe, the Napoleonic era. There was a prize out for somebody who could feed the French army um uh, you know in a pre- in preserved food over a long period at sea and um, so this concept of of canning came about, um, and then evolved over time into glass jars that can be reused. Right. And uh, it's a really, and there's a whole science behind it, you know, the nice thing I, I think for me as an author of a canning book is that when people try canning for the first time, it really is something they um, often feel they would like a resource on, rather than just looking up a recipe on the internet mm-hmm. from a random source and just trusting their, their health And their family's health with it. So it's kind of nice to have this cookbook out that people uh, rely on time and again for safe practices. Mm -hmm.
0: So, what was it like when you saw the first copy of the book?
1: Honestly, I thought it was going to be bigger. (laughs) You you write all of this stuff, and I'm thinking, I've written a mountain of material. And then you get the book, and you're like, huh, wow, okay. So, this is a nice, tidy little package. But it's... um, you know, I was I knew what the artwork was going to be ahead of time. Penguin did the artwork, which was fantastic, and sent that to me. And I love that um, it's so. It's got this jar on the front with sort of half a jar on either side and some jars underneath. So the really fun thing about it is, um, you know, when I would see them in bookstores, uh, side by side, it looks like a shelf full of jars because the half a jar picks up on the mm. half a jar of the next one. And so it's a really kind of fun, bold, eye-catching design that has, I think, uh, some flavor of the past but also um today's modern canning and i think home cooks today are looking for um new innovative flavors fusions um that maybe we didn't see a hundred years ago so and also we have a lot more produce available to Mm -hmm. us um annually than than i think um folks did a long time ago so it's uh when i first picked it up i was um, delighted I suppose by its petite and I liked that they had um, there are no white pages in the book as far as I can tell so it was really kind of a joy to flip through and see um, that where you would expect a white page they were all actually pale shades which is kind of
0: I'd describe kind of it small shade. to middle-sized yeah yeah I, I think um I think big cookbooks get awfully dirty because they take up such a big space on the counter when you're cooking, because you've got them open and you're flicking.
1: They also tend to be more expensive, right? So, um, you know, Penguin decided on the book size that was the product they wanted to put out there, the price point that they wanted to be in on the market.
0: Yeah, yeah, it looks lovely. Um, So, you also did a promotional tour. Can you describe what that was like?
1: Yeah, that was really exciting. It started with a book launch uh, here in Victoria, BC, and then I went to Toronto, and we did um, uh, CTV Canada AM, a morning television show, and did another morning television show the next day in Toronto on Global, and did demos, which was really fun, and Penguin hired... um, uh, some people to come in and do food styling for the set so I just had to sort of talk about the book and uh, do a little bit of demoing and the host sampled some of the food and we had a quick chat and that was really fun and we did some um, print interviews and went to lots of bookstores and met people and signed books and it was interesting because of my experience with the food blog and I think publishers do look for um, Food bloggers to write cookbooks because they come with this built-in audience, and so you know you can tell uh, your readership that you're going to be somewhere on a certain date, and people do come out and and say hi. You know, I've been reading your blog, and I'm excited for you for your book, and I bought one, and can you sign it for me? And so that was a really fun experience because I think. Um, home cooks it can be a really isolating experience you're doing it in your own home sometimes your audience is not that grateful for your efforts and so I think it's it can really build people up to kind of get together and say you know I cook for a family too and you do and I like that we're sharing ideas and so it's kind of a a neat connection that I think you know most people have but we don't talk about very much
0: so meeting people who had read your blog must have been quite an interesting experience did they come with Uh, very specific questions?
1: Um, I mean, some people have questions about blogging. Most people on the tour had questions about canning, which was really fun for me to answer to, to help people. And really the best part about it for me was hearing people's stories because everybody has a connection to food preservation. It's something their grandmother did or they remember as a child eating their uncle's canned pears or... Um, particularly on the prairies. Um, I went to uh, Saskatchewan and just heard wonderful family stories um, going back generations of people who have preserved food in Canada for quite a long time. And so it was really just lovely to hear people's stories and have them share with me when, you know, you bear it all in a book, your own history and your own feelings about the things you're writing about. It's really nice to have people share back.
0: So... I love jams, marmalades, relishes, chutneys. I sometimes prefer them to the main course.
1: <laughs> um,
0: am I the only person like this?
1: No, no. I mean, I mean, who doesn't reach for the pickle first when you go to a restaurant and you order a burger, right? Who doesn't go for the the pickle first? But I think um, you know. And for me, growing up, that's what it always was. You know, we had dinner, but then. You know, on, in the fridge door was just jars and jars and jars of chutneys and relishes and mustards. I mean, we never had one kind of mustard. Right. And so, you know, and mustard is so easy to make. And I think a lot of people don't realize how quickly you can make mustard in, you know, two minutes and you've got a homemade mustard. And so I think, um, yeah, I think people are drawn to things that add flavor to their life.
0: I'd probably have mustard as one of my top 20 things in life.
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> what but kind? Grainy?
0: Honey? Well, true English, obviously. Yes. But Dijon is also very fine.
1: Mm. Don't mind the French.
0: <laughs> I don't mind the French either. Their food is particularly good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pickles, relishes, chutneys. Mm-hmm. Mm green tomato chutneys are gorgeous nice, yeah Yeah.
1: you know, and there's a lot of people's experience with chutney is fairly limited Um, I think the British have a little more experience with with chutneys uh, than do a lot of uh, folks here on the west coast of Canada You know, a lot of people will think about mango chutney Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of the fruit that we grow here and and is grown in many many places makes great chutney apples there's a curried apple chutney in the book pears there's a pear cranberry chutney in the book um all of those make great uh, you know it's basically the balance of sweet and sour
0: and are you a, a jams person or mm-hmm. a, a savory person which one do you have a preference
1: i don't think i do um you know, I mean, there's, n- there's nothing that beats a really great raspberry jam. I just, I, I love that. Um, but I think they can be combined in a lot of really interesting ways. So, for example, you could uh, make a homemade barbecue sauce with raspberry jam in it. Or, you know, there's there's barbecue sauces in the book that are made with fruit, that are made with cherries. So I think I like the combination of sweet and sour I think that's when you really kind of excite the taste buds
0: so you have a a day job um have you considered becoming a full-time cookbook author
1: oh yeah I mean the experience was fantastic um I I still get emails on a regular basis from readers which is really exciting Um, people reach out with lots of questions I I like um putting that hat on I would write another book if I had the opportunity and the time um, but you know any published authors that are listening will know it's not an extremely lucrative mm-hmm. line of work um, so yeah I think the right time and circumstance in my life I probably would
0: do another one I think the time bit must be challenging if you have a family <laughs> and a day job yeah finding the time.
1: Yeah, it's, it is a lot of work. I mean, it took me 10, ten months to write that book. Of um, I did most of my cooking on the weekend, most of my writing during the week, and photography any time I could. And so that was a 10-month experience. If I had a full-time regular gig outside of that, I'm not sure I would have been able to pull that off without... Mm-hmm. An extended amount of time so yeah it's 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 a lot of work and then there's the whole editing round that we talked about you know when it comes to that that takes weeks as well because you're going through every word slowly so it's um yeah it's it's quite a commitment
0: indeed so one last question uh what was the last cookbook you picked up and held in your hand and you can't say your own
1: oh so funny you know i i love cookbooks and i have quite a few but i don't use them a lot i find like when i go by feel i don't use them a lot but if i had to put a finger on it i think it was probably a jamie oliver book on mm. roasting okay yeah a recipe on roasting he has this uh one of his books has this great chart in it about roasting times for different weights of different meats right yeah so that kind of reference stuff i love that i love reference books how to make a basic Bernays, how to make a basic this you know so you know that those are the kinds of things i turn to when i turn to a cookbook
0: so are you a gut instinct cook where that looks about right yes it'll do
1: yes and just an instinct for balance of flavors and tasting as you go and what it's missing
0: lovely so uh that's all we have time for this week um a real huge thank you to Amy Bronney for joining us. Thank you. Uh, the Canning Kitchen, Amy's book, is easy to find and buy. I thoroughly recommend it. It's beautiful and super useful. Such simple recipes. Um, thanks for listening. My name is Richard Davis from Abe Books, and we'll see you next time.